Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. edition of Baltimore Radio. Um, big announcement this morning. Yeah. I will take about a one month vacation from doing this. Not really a vacation though. Um, I've got to finish a book and so I've got to do that. And uh, obviously doing this impacts that um so and i'm headed to germany in the middle of it so i thought it would be better if uh i just took a little time to devote to writing uh yeah so that's what i'm gonna do But I think what I will do is I will maybe um, or maybe I won't. I don't know. I, I have this instinct to there's, there's a lot of stuff I've done that's really, really good that I did in the first couple years of All Marine Radio that most people have not heard. So I have a I've half a mind to dust that stuff off and play it on a daily basis. Um, so, yeah, I was wrestling with that over the weekend. But um, a couple things have stuck in my head after interviewing Jeff Hoff last week. One of them is about writing. And he said, uh, you know, when you write, just write. Tell the story. Get it out and then go from there. And uh, I think a lot of people, I I know Tim suffers from the same malady, which is um, while you're writing, you're editing and 
you ultimately struggle to get through um you struggle to get through a first draft because you're you get frustrated and you don't just tell the story and get it out there and then begin to work with it later um so anyway um that stuck with me the other thing that stuck with me that he said was we were talking about his, the quote I don't want to screw it up. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. And I said, are we living through the hard times right now? And he said, I don't think we're there yet. And I went, oh, shit. So, anyway. Now, not that. Jeff Hopp knows more than the rest of us. Um, but it is kind of an ominous thing to hear somebody say that, who pays attention, who watches, and uh, who's been around the world a little bit. So, uh, yeah, that was moderately discomforting. But uh, anyway, uh, the writing thing, though, stuck. And I thought, no, I, I've got to bear down on this, and I've got to, I've got to finish this here shortly. So that's what I will endeavor to do, which is to finish the first draft here. Um, and if it takes me less time than that, I will certainly hop back on. And as, um, as things happen in the world, I may hop on to comment on them. Uh, I would tell you this, though, uh, <laughs> as kind of a pre-writing hiatus um comment um the world's in a difficult place and the united states in a difficult place um the united states it lives this um I think there's three mono channels in the in the United States. Actually, there's two mono channels, right? One broadcasting on the right, one broadcasting on the left. There's people that really decide the fate of the nation that sit in the middle, and they look, and they make a decision about who they support, right? They're the people that elected uh, Ronald Reagan years ago. They elected George Bush. They didn't elected Bill Clinton couple times uh they rep they elected those same people in the middle that elected bill clinton then elected george bush twice they then elected barack obama twice they then elected donald trump and then joe biden so the fight for the middle for that that "Quote unquote swing voter," I mean, is is despite in the United States, and the things that you see, um, the politicalization, the politicization politization of the Department of Defense, which is what you know Almer and Rader talks about. 
on a um, you know on a on a on a weekly basis. I mean, it's it honestly is stunning to watch the woke nature of the Department of Defense, um, a Department of Defense that cares more, seemingly cares more about being woke and and servicing a political agenda than it does about war fighting. And, um, you know, and so it goes. Uh, you have uh, a president who is welded to an energy um, policy that has my 18-year-old daughter saying, I can't wait for the next election because she's paying for gas now, right? <laughs> Here in California. And uh, and she's not happy about it. You know, she came home the other day and she was pissed. She's like, Dad, this is bullshit. To fill the truck up 20 gallons of gas is over $120 now. It used to be between 60 and 80 here in California when you filled it up. 120 to 140. And that's an 18-year-old, right? Not really concerned with national politics. But, you know, works 40 hours a week, right, in a restaurant, and not real happy. But uh, the president and his you know, transformation of the American energy sector to placate the progressives of the Democratic Party has the nation by the throat. And it's only and it's only gonna get worse as the summer goes on. And pretty brutal. And there is no sign that there's any relief on the way. I mean the president is <laughs> He's going to go get on his knees in Saudi Arabia and beg them for more money, for more oil. And the Saudis are going to look at him. And, you know, news over the weekend was that the United States and Europe is getting ready to turn back on negotiations, you know, with Iran, you know, over their nuclear program. And the Israelis have gone out of their way to point out that is all a ruse as they continue to develop nuclear weapons. And that would, and the Saudis have said, there will not be a world in which the, the Iranians have nuclear weapons and we do not. So they're pissed at the United States. And oil is gonna become a weapon. You think you could do us wrong? And I mean, wouldn't you like to be a little fly on the wall? Joe Biden, you know, calling the Saudis, you know, and Mohammed bin Salman a pariah and that he will, you know, he will turn them into whatever he said he would turn them into. Now he's going to go <clears throat> on bended knee with his hat in his hand. Please pump more oil. <clears throat> You are going to get me annihilated at the ballot box if you don't. 
right? And if you were Mohammed bin Salman, what would you say? Yeah, I don't know. You were going. You were doing things that are fundamentally against the interests of the Saudi people. Your deal with Iran. You're empowering them in the region. So, yeah, I, I mean, and then Jeff Hopp says that. I don't think we've seen the worst. And then when you you listen to the domestic debate, I don't, you know, it doesn't, and I said this on, on Friday with Will and Tim and Jeff, and that um, you hear the things people say. Did they even sit in a civics class? Do people even understand our democracy and how it functions? And I think the answer to that is no. I mean, you listen to the stuff they say. The answer clearly must be no. And so, yeah, I don't. And where does it all lead? Um, so you have the progressive aligned with the media, the most of the mainstream media who have become activists in on on their behalf, and they are fighting for this world in which children are exposed to drag queens. In elementary school? Huh? <laughs> Did I miss something? Like, what's going on? And um, you saw the fight over school boards and going back to school. I read an article in the Atlantic over the weekend. I think I, I might have emailed it to myself because it was good. I'll give you the title of it. Let me look one more place. I was reading it on my phone. Of the pandemic in, 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 terms of damage done to children damage done to them uh, intellectually damage done to them emotionally because what we did to them for two years was essentially um, we've isolated them and it and, and it talked about um, if you were wealthy the first thing you did was sent your kid to a private school and that school continued to meet so you, you were marginally impacted by it. If you lived in a middle to upper middle class school district uh, that had access to the internet, uh, networking, blah, 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 a little bit more stable financially, you, you, your kids, I mean, did okay with it. The numbers though, uh, in terms of days absent was huge in that, in that pool. Even worse was if you were south of middle class or upper middle class. And that was the a word you haven't heard in forever, truant numbers, right? 
They just didn't go to school. Did not participate. Uh, school, essentially, it was a social event. Take the social part of it. You know, I'm sure as hell not coming for the academics. And they just didn't come. And they stayed at home. Uh, they're not physically active, so they grew more obese. More dependent on their electronic devices. More mental health issues. More suicidal ideations, which are thoughts of suicide. Reported more uh, emotional abuse at home. Reported more physical abuse at home. And so, um, yeah, so this, this fight in the country for a vision. And, you know, the, the whole, one of the things that you hear me talk about on a, on a regular basis is um, this idea that we don't compromise anymore. There's no compromise. Burn it down. And so maybe that's what happens. Maybe the whole January 6th thing was the first event. You know, I mean, is that even conceivable to some of us? You know, who were alive during, you know, the civil rights movement. Um, the protest against the war in Vietnam. Right? When you saw, you know, Tens of thousands, a hundred thousand people get together and for the most part peacefully protest. You know, what happens when, you know, demonstrations like that, events like that turn violent? Is that where we're headed? Well, I mean, from what you see relative to the people that lead the country, there is no compromise in the future. And uh, I don't, I mean, I, I'm not real optimistic because I thought about what Jeff Hopp said. I don't think we're there yet. When it's pretty bad, right? After um, the killing of George Floyd, when police were attempting to apprehend him, you saw the, you know, the burning of American cities, the defund the police movement, and then... You know, if, if, if you're somebody who engages in violence, you saw the nightly events in Portland. You saw what went on in Seattle. They're not going to do anything to us. We'll go downtown and do that shit all the time. So violence has its own end. And they believe that because they were not caught and they were not punished. And now we've all watched the defund the police movement and the subsequent rising crime around the country. Is that the world that you want you want your kids to live in? Is that the world you want to live in? So, yeah, nation's going through a tough time, and uh, so in the middle of that, I need to write a book. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, the national anthem is brought to you by the Marine Corps Band this morning. So on this Monday, good morning to you.
somebody sent me a note and I've heard this before, but I'll read it. Mac, you know who's going to save the nation. The Hispanic culture will save the nation. Hardworking, family-oriented, God-fearing, good people. Thank God they're reproducing like the white population does not. Uh, you could draw your own conclusions of that. Uh, I would say they're not wrong. You know, you've seen elections around the country, right? Uh, Latinas being elected, and that's their platform. They're conservative. They're family-oriented. Um, we shall see. We shall see. Um, this, is dedicated, this is dedicated to two books, right? So... And the next 30 days. Hopefully, that's as long as it takes. betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think and you don't say it honestly and bluntly what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night for this campus had prepared him well <clears throat> i'm very confident that thank you very much <clears throat> if this was vodka it'd be a lot better speech <clears throat> <clears throat> But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds to win. You gotta win. Alright, time to check the weather. Currently in Quantico it is cloudy and eighty degrees. 
in Cherry Point, North Carolina, down the coast. It is partly sunny in 85. <clears throat> Excuse me. 29 Palms, sunny in 87. Camp Pendleton, foggy. And we call that overcast out here. Overcast in 65. At Camp Smith in Hawaii, dark cloudy in 74. In Okinawa, it is dark cloudy 82. Manila is dark cloudy 81. Darwin, dark cloudy 60. I'm sorry, 76. Kiev is partly sunny in 86. And at the home of All Marine Radio, it is fair and 68 degrees. Looking for a high this afternoon of 81. Tomorrow, 80. Wednesday, 77. Thursday, 78. Friday, 75. I'm good with all of that. Yeah, I uh, I fought a sprinkler fight over the weekend. And as in most cases, I won that decisively. Um, yeah, but I have one more little fight to go. I don't know. There's a little bit too much water pooling around one and I notice that. So I got to do some agrarian exploration and look into the dirt, see what, where there's a, cr- pa- a cracked pipe. So I got to do that. Um, but yeah, the weather has been beautiful, mild and beautiful, which is my favorite. Uh, I'll check some news headlines real quick. Um, I was... Um, you know, I talked a little bit ago about the politicalization, the politicization, whatever I'm trying to say. Um, the Pentagon over the weekend uh, put out a statement about its stance relative to Roe versus Wade. And I thought, like, what is going on when the Pentagon feels a need to make a comment and whatnot? And just, um, um, I don't know, just this uneasy feeling that we can't do what we're supposed to do anymore in the Department of Defense. We're too, they're too interested in, in being political to have time for the pressing work of the defense of the nation. So, um, top story in... Um, Stars and Stripes says NATO chief previews major force increase expected to pass at transformative summit. Quote, the response force now stands at roughly 40,000 troops, but the number will swell to more than 300,000, according to Secretary General Jan Stoltenberg. So that's going on. And um, Russia enjoying success in the Severodonetsk area, right, as Ukrainian troops pull back. So this is a story relative to that. Russia will soon exhaust its combat capabilities according to Western assessments. So again... Right, you've seen headlines that say this war is going to drag out for years. Blah 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 blah. We shall see. 
Uh, the Navy christened its new ship in San Diego that bears the name of Medal of Honor recipient, United States Marine Corps, Gunnery Sergeant John Canley, who was awarded the Medal of Honor uh, a few years ago. So congratulations to his family. And I guess this is the story, you know, the headline. Austin vows to maintain military's access to abortion despite the end of Roe. Um, you know, again, so you, you have a Secretary of Defense who, I mean, it seems like this is his primary function to carry, you know, on the president's agenda. I, I just don't think that that's the Department of Defense that doesn't lead that discussion. I don't know. Maybe maybe people tell him he has to. I don't know. Um, from the Wall Street Journal, abortion providers confront new landscape. Uh, also from the Supreme Court this morning, the Supreme Court says high court, I'm sorry, high school football coach can pray at the 50-yard line. The high court ruled a high school football coach down. This has been in this, the news for a long while, right? As this story has wound its way, this case has wound its way to the Supreme Court. The high court rules a high school football coach who lost his job after praying after a game had a First Amendment right to publicly exercise his faith. Continuing a line of Supreme Court decisions lowering the wall between the church and the state. Um, from the New York Times, top headline is, Supreme Court ruling unleashes frenzy of activity on both sides of the abortion fight. Next headline, Supreme Court sides with coach over prayers on the 50-yard line. Top story in the Washington Post this morning is Pence leans in as ruling leaves Trump and other potential 2024 candidates cautious. Next headline, Supreme Court rules for high school football coach who prayed at midfield. In a breaking headline, a Russian missile strike has hit a crowded shopping mall in central Ukraine. That according to President Zelensky. Top story in USNI News is from the CNO, Admiral Mike Gilday, who really, really, in my opinion, I mean... When you watch what Congress did with the Navy's shipbuilding proposal, I mean, the Navy is really, really struggling. And Gilday does not seem to be the guy who, who is the strong hand that the Navy needs. So headline, CNO Gilday, Sweden-Finland's NATO membership poised to change allied Arctic strategy. Uh, another headline, 18 patrol boats sent to the Ukraine are set for river duty, according to the Pentagon. Um, a story that's been ongoing for the last 
couple weeks, Chinese and Russian warships continue to circle Japan, according to Japan's defense minister. So this is a story from late last week that's kind of interesting. Um, the House Armed Service Committee's fiscal year 2023 National Defense Authorization Act authorizes 13 ships and establishes a Naval Review Committee. So this is kind of stuff that, um, crazy. So it authorizes the Navy to buy 13 ships. It saves five littoral combat ships from decommissioning. During Wednesday's markup, the committee approved an amendment from representatives Elaine Luria and Jared Golden, former Marine. Golden's a Democrat from Maine. Luria, a Democrat from Virginia, that would authorize $37 billion increase in the policy in the policy bill's top line. The same amendment also authorizes funds for five more ships, another destroyer, a second frigate. This is in addition to eight battle force ships. Lurie and Golden's amendment also authorizes funds to save littoral combat ships. And that amendment was passed. The panel approved another amendment offered by Lurie that calls for a national commission, commission to assess the entire Navy. Well, what do you know? Quote, Representative Luria's amendment would establish a commission comprised of members of Congress and individuals with expertise in Navy policy and strategy for structure organization and design to study the present conditions of the service, Luria's office said in a news release about the amendment. The commission will review the force structure of the Navy with an emphasis on readiness, training, ship maintenance, shipbuilding, manning, and personnel. The amendment stipulates that com the commission would not would have eight members and that the chairman and ranking members of the House and Senate Armed Service Committees must choose them within three months of the NDAA becoming law, according to the text of the amendment. The measure would also require an evaluation of the funds needed for the Pentagon to recapitalize the nuclear triad and how doing so impacts the Navy's budget. So, there's going to be a national, at least, a, there's an amendment in the House. If it's adopted by the Senate, we shall see. But that the management of the United States Navy, right, is going to be taken on and reviewed. Uh, again, I mean, I don't know that, that what else can you say? That is the Navy going into receivership. So nice going, Representatives Luria and Golden. 
Uh, there's a bill in the House that would give uh, everybody on active duty $90 in monthly bonuses to offset inflation. So that is in the news. And let me go very quickly through the top stories in uh, the early bird. Top story is Austin vows to maintain the military's access to abortion despite the end of Roe. politician right there um next headline number two army drops requirement for high school diploma amid recruiting crisis how about that the army is tossing its mandate for potential recruits to have high school diploma or a ged certificate to enlist in the service in one of the most dramatic moves yet in the escalating recruiting crisis hitting the entire Defense Department. On Thursday, the service announced that individuals may enlist without those previously required education certificates if they ship the basic training this fiscal year, which ends October 1. Must be at least 18 years of age. They must score at least 50 on the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Test, the ASVAB. A 50 test is a relatively low score, 31 being the minimum to qualify for service. The change follows another shift in policy this week when the service relaxed its tattoo rules, allowing potential recruits to enlist with tattoos on their hands and neck, which previously needed waivers. So we've talked about the recruiting problem in the country, which only will get worse. Uh, next story, Marine Corps and the Army report disproportionate substance abuse and mental health issues. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, this comes out of a, a study that was done by the Rand Corporation. Who are re we recruiting? Who is looking to get out of town at 18? Right. A lot of people that have come from very turbulent places and the military, as it has always been, is a ticket out. The problem is they come with baggage. But it doesn't seem like it it, 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 it. it makes the observation the most blatant of observations, right? Drinking and high rates of depression and anxiety. Why? The study found that the Army had the highest rate of prescription drug abuse and post-traumatic stress disorder. While the Air Force and the Coast Guard report lowest pre uh, prevalences 
After judgment, service members within the Army, Navy, the Army and Marine Corps and Navy exhibited nearly two to three times the odds of multiple mental health conditions and substance use behaviors relative to the Air Force. The question is why? And it's something that the study is not able to answer. I can answer it. So tell them to call me, Almer and Radio. But here's the problem. If I'm right, all the people that do mental health inside the DOD, they're wrong. And I'd venture to say they'll tell you the truth. It just fucks up their gig. And they have a pretty sweet gig. Mind you. Yep. Make a lot of money. And all the all Congress does is give them more money. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Army General Cavoli confirmed as new commander of U.S. and NATO forces in Europe. So congratulations to General Cavoli. And the Air Force's first female special tactics officer earns a coveted Scarlet Beret. Congratulations to her, whoever she is. And that'll do it for today. So... As uh, I get out of here for the for the last time and and for about a month, um, have a great day. If in the intervening period anything exciting happens, um, I'll of course hop on and probably drag my friends on with me, and we'll talk about it. The article that I was re referencing in The Atlantic, the headline is this, the biggest disruption in the history of American education. For many students, physical school wasn't replaced with Zoom. Rather, school closures meant no school, literally none at all. So it's very interesting. It's in The Atlantic. Um, I'll put the link to it in this post and um, I think you could read a few articles on the Atlantic before they toss up their you've read your require your requisite four articles now you gotta pay yeah written by Mira Levinson and Daniel Markovitz they're both I think Harvard educated. Well, let's see. Mira Levinson. Is the. She's a graduate lecturer. At the Harvard School of Education. Daniel Markovitz. Is the Guido Calabrese professor of law at Yale. And really, the statistics they quote are stunning. Um, the mental health statistics, especially when you go south of the middle class. And again, the, day, the word truant, right? I mean, you never heard that, hear that word anymore. 
I'll read you the last couple paragraphs. The pandemic has amounted to a comprehensive assault on the American public school. It's strained the ties, not just physical, but also social and even psychological, that connect American families and children to the schools that are essential for delivering almost every support our welfare state provides. Kids missed out on all of it while schools were closed. Not just academic learning, but also nutrition, exercise, friendship, and stable relationships with caring adults and health care and access to social workers and even the attention at home of parents unburdened by the need to provide child care during school hours. School closures withdrew these services and supports in an era when Americans, and especially young Americans, were already losing faith in their institutions. And when community ties were already fraying, the abstractions have concrete consequences, even as independent schools have increased enrollment. Independent schools, that's code for private schools. The nation's public schools have lost more than 1 million students since 2020. How about that? Over a million students since 2020 have gone to private schools. And the districts that stayed remote the longest have suffered the biggest losses. In effect, millions of Americans are rejecting the central mechanism through which American society supports its children across all facets of their life. The disruption that the pandemic caused to American children's lives has no historical precedent. The harms that this disruption has imposed on them, taken all together, are similarly huge. Our response needs to be on a scale sufficient to meet the harms that students have already endured and to create more resilient, a more resilient system to meet future challenges, whether new variants of concern, climate change-driven replacement, displacement, or other threats. We have barely begun. So what's the solution? More money to the education system that will flush it down the toilet? Because unless I'm missing something, the big fight during COVID was between teachers unions because the teachers wouldn't go into the school. How do you fix that one? Not really referenced in the article. All the damage that that fight, the outcomes when the teacher said, no, we're not going to school. And those are the districts that stayed out the longest. How do you fix that one? Yeah. Interesting article just for the data. So I recommend it. Have a great day. I'll see you in about a month or sooner.